wanted to be a chef? No, what? but I have the ultimate respect for anyone that but, uh, I mean, that cooks. You, up. you enjoy the holy shit out of it. You would never want to actually make that your your. Bag. No, because I look at it as not as performance, but as intimacy. So okay, it, it's it's when I cook for you, I love you. It's oh. not like I need to. You're not showing off. Broadcast to the room, okay. Okay. kind of thing. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not that creative when it comes to, like I I love to steal yeah. other things right. and figure it out. Okay. So, um, yeah, I build model airplanes. I don't build the planes. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 267 of the Matinee Cast. It's a movie-loving podcast on my movie-loving website, matinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. Last episode, when I had Mariah Gates on to chat about Zola, I talked about the rush I was feeling to be doing a show after a trip to the cinema. Well, today, dear listeners, the rush returns on a whole other level because I've had a few more wonderful trips to the cinema to serve my nerdy little needs. A bigger part of it, though, is that this episode marks a return to what I've always loved about doing this show. I've enjoyed sitting down across the table, pouring two drinks, and having a conversation. The table is back. After a very long absence, the drinks have been and continue to be consumed. The conversation is face-to-face once more, and I could not pick a better night for the quest. Night with a K for the quest. I am out in Mississauga, Ontario tonight. Nobody calls it the Sog, huh? No, Mollasauga. Mollasauga is all the way. It's a perfect night. I've been fed. I've been watered. I've, I've had company for the first time in a long time. Uh, and I'm now sitting down to talk with one, the only. Kurt Halfyard is here. How are you, Kurt Halfyard? I'm good. I'm. It's been a while since I've done this. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. It so. used to be like you know part like you part of the weekly schedule. Like you'd have. It to, was like a part time job. Yeah. For many years. Yeah, yeah. So, any opportunity that I can jump back in, it feels feels good. I'm, I'm happy to provide. On episode 267, we will be discussing the Green Knight. We'll be flipping the record over to play the other side. But first, we need to learn more about Kurt. There's a whole new round of Know Your Enemy coming right up. All right, buckle up, this is going to take a minute. On episode 48, we talked about The Descendants, Alexander Payne's movie. We learned the first movie that Kurt had ever seen in a theater was The Empire Strikes Back. The last movie he'd seen at the time was Vertigo. The worst movie he's ever seen is Viking Massacre. The unseen classic or essential is The Sound of Music. He's seen it on a big screen, no less. And the film he wished he'd made is Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Kurt returned on episode 85. We talked about Star Trek Into Darkness. We learned the film he digs and nobody else does is Southland Tales. That's come up. Other people have... Every okay. Start a club. I'm gonna be a jerk, but every movie that I fight like, for forever eventually right. comes oh, back yeah. around. It comes back around. You just—it's Kurt plus twenty. Gotcha. The film, he, the film everybody else likes that he does not is Schindler's List. The last movie to make him cry was Catch Me If You Can, and the movie of his life he'd be played by Will Wheaton. And the movie he was watching next was The Great Gatsby. Then Kurt came back on episode 125. We talked about Bennett Miller's Foxcatcher. We learned the movie to make his love of film turn a corner is The Untouchables. His first date movie with Laura Jane is Consenting Adults. His sick day movie is Without a Clue. The last film to leave him speechless was Manic Nemena, and his epitaph would be, fuck, even in the future, nothing works. Then on episode 152, we talked about the Coen brothers' Hail Caesar. We learned the film he really digs but never wants to see again is something called Come and See. The film that genuinely freaks him out is The Time of the Wolf. The film that always makes him laugh is The Burbs. No surprise there. 
His favorite movie soundtrack is Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and the film he loves, but seemingly nobody else has heard of, is Magic Magic. Episode 171, we talked about Personal Shopper. We learned that when Kirk goes to movies, he sits in the third row. If he could go on a date with any movie character, he would choose Ramona Flowers. The dirtiest movie, literally, that he's ever seen is The Proposition. His favorite black and white movie is The Maltese Falcon. And the film he likes, but nobody would expect him to like, is latter-day Steven Spielberg. Then episode 191, we talked about Phantom Thread. We learned that when he goes to the theater, his movie snack of choice is coffee and pretzels. The movie world that he would like to spend a day in is the world of Wes Anderson, specifically the Grand Budapest Hotel or the Belafonte from The Life Aquatic. His favorite good scene in a bad movie is the family dinner scene in The Black Dahlia. And the most violent movie he's ever seen is something called The Faces of Death. And the movie monologue he'd most like to deliver is Campbell Scott's speech about man's obsolescence in Roger Dodger. Episode 226, we talked about the dead don't die. And we learned that if he met a person who had never seen a movie before, he would show them The Wizard of Oz. The movie that best embodies Kurt's personality is Ghost World. The movie he hated on first watch but eventually came to enjoy is Watchmen. The remake or adaptation that Kurt thinks is better than the source material is Threefold, Blade Runner, Star Trek Troopers, and American Psycho. And last, but certainly not least, if he could bring any artist back from the dead, Kurt would re resurrect Stanley Kubrick just to make more Stanley Kubrick movies. It is time for the debut of Round 8. <laughs> Has anyone else made it to round eight? No, you are the first. Okay, I like you to break first, some ground. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was an intensive. It felt like like an Oscar montage oh of God. like of it's all like, these this years. This is your yeah. life. Over yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> all right, Kurt Halfyard. If you could sit down, and this is this is apropos given how we started this evening. If you could sit down to any cinematic meal. Which would you choose? This is like the easiest question really? you've ever asked me. Okay. And uh, it's uh, the the massive baked pasta dish from Big Night. Oh, uh, I mean, the, 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 exactly. Tipana, exactly. it's drying out. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I want to be in that room because if you, re if you recall that movie and if you've not scene I, I feel there's a whole podcast just on great food movies yeah. uh and i'm sure other people have done it but nevertheless it's not just the food in that movie it's like the disappointment is actually salvaged mm -hmm. by let's just enjoy it yeah and yeah. and there's just something wonderful about you know life never fulfills your expectations right. but it doesn't mean you should give up you should no. enjoy what what's thrown in front of you and uh yeah that that is it's so one of the great one of the great food movies this movie, because i do feel some i do feel some days as if this movie is getting lost to time stars stanley tucci and tony shalhoub as two brothers who run an italian restaurant in like rural new york i think it's in the catskills yeah. like that kind of area of new york state uh the kind of area where it is mostly white people right yeah. mostly like spaghetti and meatballs steak and potato type white people and the conflict at the at the heart of this movie is Shalhoub wants to make authentic Italian food. You know, like you do not order spaghetti if you order the risotto. Like you do not get yeah. spaghetti on the side. You do not get starch with starch. He is the John Cleese machete wielding chef. He that, is my father-in-law yeah. <laughs> is who he is really. Tucci is the guy running the restaurant and just trying to make a buck. And he's like, yep. you know what? If the locals want to have spaghetti with a side of risotto, you're going to give it to him. And competing with Ian Holmes, like slightly yeah. cooler or who slightly will, more popular. Yeah, who will, who will unquestionably. So the idea is we're going to have this one big feast 
and where it's going to be written about and it is going to make us. And we're going to have the biggest musical yeah. act. That's the whole purpose yes, of the movie yeah. is we're going to get Louis Prima yeah. to come. So they cook this incredible yeah. like there are few movies about food that can compete with this movie in terms of its love of food and rendering of food and preparation. Yeah, the prep, the prep is yeah. key, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's not God. just the eating and whatever, no. it's the yeah. it's the pomp and circumstance of designing yeah. see it's yeah. funny because ordinarily when i like somebody gives me an answer to the one of these questions i'm like and why no you don't need to tell me why yeah because <laughs> if anybody's i might i'll try to find out what clips i can find if anybody's never seen big night well i feel stanley tucci had this like touring of italy kind yeah. oh, of yeah. tv show, show and it was really big and really popular i'm like if that brings attention to big to night, big night right, right. i am all in yeah no, I, I that is a great. It's answer. a great movie. It might it's be a great movie. Answer. I might be. I might have trouble yeah. like, getting people away from that answer, but that is definitely a great answer. Uh, Kurt Hapyard, what is a movie that reminds you of home? That's a complicated question yes, it because is. it means so many things. It does but I interpreted home as the idea of home and the time of childhood, sure. and I think the most. It's it's both the most generic movie and the most specific movie. Um, because I didn't discover this movie until I was older and yet it brought me back like that, um, uh, you know, Dolly focus in, right. in Ratatouille. <laughs> um, uh, and that's, um, Heo Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro. Um, it's a oh, movie shit. about a home. Okay. It's a movie about existing in a home. Yeah. It's a movie about the domestic, like there's no plot in that. There's very little plot in that movie. Right. The, the story is discovering of of two children discovering uh, a new home and their home is kind of in suspension because their father is kind of working at the university and the mother's in the hospital. But, but I mean, there's not really a lot of plot in that movie. That movie's about discovery and that movie is about focusing on the home. I, I just think it's a, I, I couldn't think of a movie that specifically, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. It's well, pretty I mean, generic. And that's why, but, like, I mean, like you say, like, okay, first of all, writing questions eight rounds in, this takes some doing. And Twitter, by the way, y'all were no help. Thank you, Andrew Robinson. The rest of y'all were no help. Um, so, it, it, like, when we get this far in, and when we get 10 rounds, like 10 years in of doing this, you know, I got to start getting a little creative about what I write. And I, I didn't know if you necessarily you were going to say something that, like, like you say, like about suburban life, about Toronto, about like your roots in the East Coast. Right. Um, you know, something that reminds you of your family. I don't know. There's all kinds of ways that anybody could interpret this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, regardless of the fact that I have a, you know, cadre of guests that do not come from this country. I spent more time thinking about the question than I did about the answer. <laughs> because the question is, well, what does what do even mean? home mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, because there's so many, there's a lot of movies that feel like, me growing up and that's right. interesting but i i can tell you i discovered this movie in large part with when my children were really young yeah. and i remember going to see it in all different places because it's a pretty easy to movie to see in rep cinemas or whatever and I, I remember deeply a conversation that my kids who were like six and five at the time having uh, a talk with the 85 year old women that were behind us in the wow. theater who had never seen it and and just having them engage like right. i'm like what in what world like that's a wonderful movie that yeah. that can just bring everybody uh together it's that's, uh, that's a great yeah. answer I, as i said i didn't know where you're gonna go with it and you went somewhere i did not expect so uh well done uh so earlier on we asked about a film quote that would be your epitaph this is completely the opposite of that 
I do not expect an answer like, we're going to need a bigger boat. Made it, Ma, top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Halfyard, what is the random movie quote that you use often? And by random, uh, I, I went with COVID because it's been a while. Okay. And I feel it's been the entire nature because it's actually a, a strange, you know, privilege. The old proverb, you know, curse, may you live in interesting times. Yeah. Uh, and, and the quote that I have thrown at more people, just randomly, just thrown it out in in a park <laughs> in 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 whatever when i hear people you know talking about all the misinformation right. disinformation all the nonsense uh of covid and it's uh it's from christopher nolan's the prestige which i consider one of the great movies of the early 20th 21st century um and it's david bowie which you could never go wrong with uh who plays nikola tesla who you can also never go wrong with uh in the movie and he's he's speaking to one of the main characters played by hugh jackman robert angiers i think is yeah. the character's name and and the quote is Exact science, Mr. Angiers, is not an exact science. Uh, it, it is it is the oh, most apt that. description oh, of what we're going through. Like oh. and how people are like, well, they said not no masks at the beginning, and then, then this is like we are it is a feedback loop, my friends. And uh and we are in it. And uh that is uh that is the the best I can do. Do you use that one at work? Uh, no, I don't need really? to. I don't need You're a to. Chemist. You don't I don't use that need to use that at work. Everybody understands that. Um, oh, yeah. Boy. yeah. Yeah, I know that. Like, I pulled that question because there are all kinds of, over the years, there have been all kinds of lines that make me laugh to myself or that I lob oh. around. Like, this could have been a hundred yeah, quote sure lists. No yeah. trouble. Yeah, I was going to say, there, there are like hundreds of That's why I needed constraints. Yes, COVID exactly. is the constraint. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. I, I, I didn't want, like, you know, I didn't want a quote. I want like a line. What is that random line that somebody would be like, what's that from? You know, like it's, it, it, that's the thing. It's not yeah. the kind of thing you're going to see like etched into like a Cineplex wall. Right, right, you know? right, right, yeah, right, 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 right. The, the old stuff. Young and Dundas. Right. Exact science. Uh, full of movie quotes. Is rarely an exact science. I like that. Thank you very much. I can start using that. Okay. So for this question, we're going to do two things and it will happen henceforth. We'll sound a gong at the end of the question and we'll sound a gong at the end of the, at the beginning of the answer just in case people want to opt out. So, Kurt Halfyard, what is your favorite twist ending? Planet of the Apes. Why that one? It's the most iconic twist ending. I mean, you can, you, there's hundreds of movies. And oh, sure. Twist endings, particularly post-M Night Shyamalan, are a thing. Yeah. And, but they've been things. Like, I, I, I could say... The, perhaps the most sophisticated one is John Frankenheimer's second. Oh my God. Okay. Like, oh my God. Right. But from a visual, um, like this is the theme of Jaws. This is the, 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 the re, re, re and yeah, psycho, yeah. like the planet of the apes one. Even if you've never seen the movie, you probably kind of have yeah. an idea yeah. um, of, of what that is. That is unquestionably my favorite. If I want to go down for cinematic writing sophistications, I will go with seconds. If you want it to be on theme with the green uh, night. night, it would unquestionably be Donnie Darko. First of all, first points for not going towards the Tim Burton. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's actually, a, I, I like Tim Burton. Yeah. I, I actually get a lot of crap for defending 
Latter Day Charlie Saints. and the what? Chocolate Factory. No. Exactly. All I right. get a lot of crap for that. I, right. I, I see your look. Okay. Uh, but, but. This is a safe space. But. <laughs> objectively right. indefensible. Yeah. <laughs> objectively <laughs> indefensible. Um, uh, that That is a, that is awful. I mean, the, and the, the other crazy thing about that ending too is that movie is really trash. Like the original <laughs> Planet of the Apes and, and I say this as a person who has like Barbarella on his phone. Yeah. Okay. That movie is very, very trashy. And it, it's it's got this iconic, like I think everybody has it in their head as a different movie than it actually is, mostly because of that incredible end. Maybe. Uh, I would argue that uh, in many ways, Planet of the Apes is what post 1990s blockbusters were it was a b movie with an a movie budget there was a lot of money spent on makeup costume design even the exteriors Mm -hmm. of that movie particularly the the final shot but all of it yeah uh but you're right the movie itself particularly as an act of science fiction is pretty it's pretty trashy it's it's probably hasn't um from a progressive politics stance is probably not aged well no. uh but that, end? that ending is undisputably yeah. <laughs> awesome the ending is un- I, no one no matter how much yeah. trash you want to talk about that movie yeah the ending is yeah. Yeah. it always plays if somebody's <laughs> never seen it then i know it, it plays. always plays even with charlton heston's yeah. like way over the top yeah like yeah line nice. but uh yeah no visually it's fantastic uh uh yeah all right, if you opted out after the uh, spoiler gong, welcome back. Uh, we have question number five for round eight. I do not even want to think about writing another round of these right now. Uh, but to end this off, Kurt, uh, you know, we all have to go. I don't want you to go anytime soon because you're a very nice person, a very wonderful friend. But if you got to go, what movie death do you want to be your demise? I see in your long history that you brought up... Uh a bunch of other things and i hate to go back sure to the well okay. but if i can get more people to stop and think and see this movie sure. uh i it's always a good thing we're gonna talk and about southland tales no we? oh good no no, no, right. no, 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 no 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 ice cream trucks okay um i danny boyle sunshine unquestionably oh a wow. okay a <laughs> thermonuclear space time continuum shoot you into the uh, sun uh, event like i don't know if you uh with that soundtrack oh, yes. i want that soundtrack yes yeah. um yeah that final minute yeah of danny Boyle's sunshine where he i mean in if, if you really take a deep reading of that movie where killian murphy's character looks into the face of god and is not driven insane is actually accepting of it is a i mean that is pretty spiritual it's pretty intense it's it's not like a quiet intimate like holding hands no. with your significant other yeah it is definitely going out with a bang it's not quick it's relatively painless <laughs> it's not even in forward time no. it's 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 like when when the pressure and energy and everything is so weird that all physics go out the window right that's the way you want to go right right Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. That's okay. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I, again, I, I have no idea what people are going to answer with these kinds of things. And they could say, you know, I want to like, you know, I'd like explode or something like that. Or I just like the guy in big trouble from little China. Yes. The, yeah. I want to explode. That kind of thing. I don't know. No, shoot me into the sun. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it. All right. There we go. That's more about Kurt Hapyard. God help me. I'm going to have to write a ninth round sometime before next year. So hey, suggestions now people. 
<laughs> do what you already have a suggestion? No, I like that I get to break ground. Right. I, I, I don't. I, I, I appreciate that you let me, uh, you know, plow the the jungle on <laughs> these nice. things. Yes, we are going to talk about uh, a new film right after this. Um, we're probably going to have a little spoiler section at the end of it because the end of this movie merits discussion. Uh, come on back right after this. It's time to talk about an A twenty four movie. So that's going to always be a fun time. It's the Green Knight right after this. is directed by David Lowry. It's written by Lowry based on the poem Sir Gowan and the Green Knights from Legend. I don't even know who wrote that. I don't think anybody Anonymous. Does. Ah. It stars Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Choudhury, Sean Harris, and Ralph Innocen. Based on the medieval legend, the Green Knight is about Gowan, that's Dev Patel, the nephew of King Arthur. On Christmas Day, Gowan is chilling at the round table when in walks a monstrous and mysterious Green Knight. The visitor challenges the assembled knights to a game. If anyone can land a blow on him, they will win this mysterious green axe. However, the price of winning is the successful champion must face the green knight again in one year's time to have the blow returned in equal measure. Gowan takes up the challenge, decapitates the green knight, and watches him walk away with his decapitated head in hand. One year later, Gowan needs to venture through mystical realms filled with thieves, spirits, giants, lords, and even a talking fox, all to face likely certain death. The Green Knight is many things. It's methodical, it's fantastical, it's classical, many other owls. In some ways, the Green Knight feels like slipping off to sleep when somebody tells you a story of days gone by. The narrative begins to inform the subconscious, and before you know it, you're seeing the same faces on different characters and thinking about what you've done before and what you yet may do. Some of it is dreamlike. The swirling mists, the towering castles, the lush forests that all seem like realms one would love to linger in. Some of it, though, is deeply nightmarish. The blood, the thieves, the monstrous Green Knight himself. These chapters of the story feel like the kind of thing that would make one wake in a cold sweat. But it can be hard to decide where it ultimately falls. So, pop quiz, hot shot. Is this story a dream or is this story a nightmare? This story is cinema. Uh, No, no. I I mean, this movie is playing with cinematic conventions more than it is anything else. And and I think that's a that's a make or break for you or for, for anybody watching it. Like if you are a if you like technique, if you if you like um, just the way a movie is shot, uh, I think there's, uh, or even production design, mm-hmm. uh, this movie has a lot to offer. If you like a digestible evening's entertainment, this movie is going to be a little bit challenging. I, I definitely had some unbelievers in yes. my cinema. Yeah, yeah. Some people who wanted to wake up from the dream. Yes, there, right? yeah, people that wanted to bail. Yeah. But is it a dream or is it a nightmare? I don't. I, I I actually look at it as a Sam Peckinpah re-envision, really. Uh, like in in the same way that uh, the late Peckinpah westerns, particularly uh, the Wild Munch, mm-hmm. took uh, the the mythologization of the West and and turned it into 
like kind of an icky, awful, uncomfortably disturbing place. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what um, Lowry is doing with the notion of like Arthurian chivalry right. in this movie. Like it, it really is a, a movie where you watch somebody who's terrible at what they do yeah, fail. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a hard sell. Yeah. But like he, he basically fails up. Yeah, you will. Know, like, like oh, at, yeah, at, at almost every turn, like you know, like it, it's just he, he just basically like he gets away. He doesn't ever win. He just kind of always gets away. It, it's the type of thing that you wouldn't want to brag to no. other people about right, the right. truth. Uh, well, to answer my own question, I think about um, there. There's I'm going to find it for the show notes, and I really, I, I really should have had it at the ready. But there's a quote um, by by Del Toro about monsters and how us seeing monsters allows us to to understand the darkness within ourselves and be more comfortable with it. I believe that this is a, this is a dream like nightmare is what this is. Like there are some really scary, really dark, really lonely tones in this movie. That's all wrapped in gorgeousness. You know, it is, it is a, I've always loved to use the analogy of a really, really beautiful painting of rotting fruit. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's very much what this movie is. It's just like from moment to moment to moment, he's always seeming to go into these places that you would not want to spend more than an afternoon. Well, here's the thing. I, uh, my brother uh, loved chivalric art. He right. had a lot of these big framed, you know, like the, the woman with the sword knighting yeah. the knight or someone on a white horse going into court or like, and, and there's a particular uh, style to the way the lighting is and whatever. And that is all in this movie. Oh yeah. However, that only works in freeze frame. If you're, if you're actually watching what Lowry does with this movie, it's all subverted. Like everything's beautiful, but awful. Right. There's a no point in the movie, no matter what terrible thing is happening, that it isn't like ethereally gorgeous. And no. that's and and I mean that goes right down to the fabrics. Like I, I haven't watched a more tactile costume yeah. movie in yeah. a long time. Yeah, well, I mean everything, the props, the sets, the food, um, just like everything has we were I was actually gonna talk about that, but everything in this movie has so much weight, you know, and, and just like, there's, there's nothing that's just like, we were talking over dinner about like the rogue coffee cup in an episode of game of Thrones. Like there was nothing like that. Here. Well, it's interesting. You bring that up because this was shot on the same Irish Island. That was the North huh. in game of Thrones. And I, I, I look at that and, and also the, the Marion Cotillard and Michael Fassbender Macbeth from a couple years ago oh, yeah. was also shot there. And it really does show you the difference between film lensing and television lensing. Like Game of Thrones is the most expensive modern fantasy show by, by a country mile. And yet it looks like garbage compared to what this movie looks like. This movie is so elevated, is so visually austere and Again, tactile. I'm going to say that word a thousand times over the course of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, there. I, I just, 
and and make no mistake, if you watch the the HBO's Game of Thrones from the first season to the last, you can actually see the increasing costume budget, like the armor, everything, everything gets yeah. more ornate yeah. as time goes yeah. by. But even that doesn't even hold a candle. Again, I watched this in the cinema, yeah. not on my TV yeah, or yeah. or laptop. Uh, and uh, and wow, I I, I was just. I'm like, even if I hated the movie, which I did not, right. I love the movie from top to bottom, yeah. just because it takes some audacious turns. Like, it's almost like a movie setting out to, like, piss off a mainstream audience. Well, but, uh, yes, for, first of all, agreed. But at this stage of the game, I, I kind of feel like that is, and, and not like this guy is any kind of a brand yet outside of, like, nerds like us, but that is really and truly... Lowry's jam like this is a guy who made ain't them body saints this is a guy who made the old man of the gun he made the um the the ghost story a few years ago and you know the the odd little i'm gonna take a paycheck he made the the live action remake of pete's dragon which is unwatchable which I, is oh, unwatchable. I'm, I'm the opposite, actually. Oh. All the live action ones, that's actually the one I mean, I maybe I should never watch stuff on a plane. <laughs> you watch something on an airplane, but, you're bound to hate it. But, this, but I don't but, like this director at all. That which is amazing. Like I don't remember Ain't Them Body Saints. I've seen it. Okay. I don't remember it. I never watched the Robert Redford one that he made. Ghost and story? I did not like a ghost story at all. Really? I did not like okay. anything so, in that. So movie. you going into like you basically sat to like did you sit down to this like prepared to hate? No, not oh, at all. Okay. Because Maybe it was the here's it's stupid things that it will get you into a movie. Um, I like the idea that the crown in the royalty yeah. had the classic painting, the classic like Catholic the halo kind of halo, thing. and yeah. and I'm like, I'm here for the crown. Like I'm <laughs> I'm like whether it's good or bad, yeah. I'm here to see what that how that moves. Yeah, on cinema yeah. and uh well obviously after i saw the trailer then i was completely in i'm like i i completely understand the space that he's operating here okay. and of course the casting never hurts like and it's, the well, i mean that's the funny thing is i actually never saw the trailer up until like up until really up until preparing for the show i'd never seen the trailer no. i saw i heard like this guy was making a movie i heard deb Battelle was in it and i saw that one image of him sitting on the throne with the oh, crown and the halo, and he's like leaning on the sword. The Conan like, shot. Yeah, the I'm Conan in. shot. Yeah, I'm yeah. in. So I'm in. And then you know, I, and I knew something about a fox. Because, okay, yeah, because Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So I went into this totally blind, and I did not know the legend. And I went, so I went into this totally, totally blind, only knowing as well that like we've been waiting around for it for a year because it's like a lot of this year's movie. It was right, to right, right. Yeah. Um, I I was knocked out um this is like this is one of those movies that a lot of people are gonna hate you know a lot of people are gonna see this on a i mean you know if they're going to the movies you know and and like jungle cruise is sold out they might like go see Ooh. this <laughs> Ooh. but well i feel that was my audience my yeah. audience was uh restless uh, right, yeah <laughs> i i had a couple people who were uh, i mean a lot like like a lot of his movies and certainly like a lot of a24 movies because these days they really have a brand yeah when it got to the end there were a lot of people pissed off at how this movie ends uh but there were a lot of movies that were there were a lot of people that were really really restless uh anytime like when he would meet people and how they would interact with them they're like it's like you know dude just leave just just leave just leave. and i'm like i and meanwhile i'm sitting there like my hands on my on my mm. on my chin just deep into this movie um this is why i go you know, like this kind of thing. Yeah. This 
super duper slow boil, really, really handsome. You know, we, we've got a story to tell and we were in no rush to tell it. And we're so committed to how we want to do it yeah. that we're like, we're inviting you in, yeah. but we are making no quarter for you. Yeah. This is what I have made for dinner. Yeah. You eat it. Yeah, you or eat you it or you hungry. get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, clearly we both love this movie. Um, Dev Patel is like, he, I mean, I, I, you gotta love a movie where one person carries the show. Like I listen, you and I both love our ensemble dramas, mm -hmm. you know, our oceans yeah, 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Big cast. Yeah. Yeah. But there's Robert Altman movies. Yeah. But there's something to be said for one dude just carrying the whole thing or one woman carrying the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I, I let me say that I'm Dev Patel agnostic. I, I've <laughs> seen him in a lot of films. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in a uh, recent Michael Winterbottom film, which he was quite excellent in. Uh, but I hate, I love Danny Boyle, hate Slumdog Millionaire. Hate it. <laughs> hate it so much. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like, but I've watched him over the years and he's a very interesting actor. And uh, um, it's nice to see him not caring at all about any sort of star vehicle image. And really like, this is a movie where nobody likes you when you're watching it. You know what I mean? Like right. his character is profoundly unlikable. You can't even really sympathize with them. The movie like aggressively goes out of its way to go, here is the type of person you don't want to be. Yeah. And we're just going to watch that in slow motion. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to wear it on his face in every show. Totally. Like this and guy, he's humiliated ritually. He is. He is. First of all, this man has perfected hair acting. In oh, way, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that Fair is enough. unknown. The Wedding Guest is the movie you're going for with uh, Devin yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Very good movie. And I, totally I, deep cut. So like. I'm, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's funny because Patel, this is a guy who, like, he showed up as a, he showed up as a kid. Um, you know, he, he, he was like, he became like a star overnight with Slumdog Millionaire, this movie that won like every award that was mm. put in front of it. And then his career just didn't really latch right for all kinds of reasons like, like let's be honest like not just because of his talent for all kinds of reasons in hollywood and then about five years ago he kind of sprouted like you know well he he, he hit the he, gym yeah, he you know he, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and all of a sudden he became just a little more interesting and 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 kind of grew into himself no he he's unquestionably in this movie this is at the top of your game. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's a lot for any director to already have an aggressively challenging tone in the movie right. like, to, to cast somebody that, that, that can pull it off and make no mistake. Everyone is uh, great. The actress who plays his mother, who has very limited screen time, but makes a long lasting impression, obviously uh, Sean Harris and, and Kate Dickey are, are and Ralph Innocent are great. Everybody, everybody, even a Joel Edgerton, which is all over the map for me, uh, is good in the movie. Um, I mean, he's like he knows what he's there to do. He's yeah, not there, he's not yeah. there for long. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, he's yeah. it's it, this movie. It, it's kind of like Inferno, right? Like every time he goes down a spiral, he meets this kind of sinner, basically, yeah. right? The closer and closer he gets to the Green Knight. But yeah, like Patel in this movie, he's a guy. He knows he just he made a play. His play was wrong. And he's kind of like, he's lived, yeah, he's, he's committed. He's lived with it for a year because he, yeah. you know, he got a year and like, it, it's not like he went out and really lived it up. Like by, by the time we catch up with him again at the end of the year, it's not like he's this like conquering hero. No, no. Right? He's like, like just, Oh, like, I got to do yeah, this he thing. Just, like, wrote now. Out his year, <laughs> and now, and now he's got to do this thing. And yeah, just like watching him 
go from interaction to interaction to interaction, whether it's with Edgerton or whether it's, you know, when he goes and meets that lady of the lake mm. or, or, or the, both the versions of Alicia Vikander, he's always like, he, he's almost a ghost in his own movie. By ghost, you mean he's passive. Yeah. I mean, he, he is imprinted upon by those that he interacts with. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he just, he's utterly lacking in, in, in life experience. I, I mean, in, in many ways, uh, this movie is about, um, being sheltered with privilege and, and, and feeling like you should be doing something, but well, I mean, you don't know what we, to do. When we first meet him, Arthur's like, you know, Gawain, come here and tell me a story. And he's like, I got, got no got stories. No stories. Yeah. He, that's, he, that's the linchpin yeah. of the whole movie. And that's the thing. It's like, even, even though he's the guy who, who killed the green knight a year later, he still has no stories. Right. And you know? I mean, there's a there's a point later on in the movie where he's he's speaking to uh, Joel Edgerton's Lord and and he asks him, like, you know, why are you doing this? And he's like. The answer, even Edgerton's character verbalizes, like, are you really committed to that answer? Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like even this far in and he's suffer he's legitimately suffered. Yeah. By the time he is, you know, in the back quarter of the film, he's had some. He's had some life experience, some hard lessons, but even then he's like, I'm just kind of doing this because what else am I going to do? Like, that's, I think a lot of people will find that deeply offensive. Like, I feel that that's, that's not, I'm doing this because it's, it's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. No, I just I mean, know that. How many people do you know that are like that? It's like, why did you get married? Yeah, lot, I thought I was supposed to. Why'd you buy the house? Because I thought I was supposed to. Why'd you I, have the kid? You know, I, I think that's what makes this movie great because it, in a mythological kind of abstract way, asks some really hard questions about life choices. Yeah. Like, really, really, like, we're going to get down to the honest truth here. Right. And that's, that is, um, I, I mean, that's the equivalent of asking somebody, are you happy? That is yeah. a, difficult question to answer sure sure you brought that it's funny you're bringing things for a full circle because you actually brought that up in our very first episode talking about the descendants because you brought ah. up, you brought not yeah you brought up that and you brought up another year the mike, mike lee, lee movie, movie. how those movie. two movies are about are yep. you happy yeah are you happy and and what does that, that mean yeah and that's i mean like the older i get the more interesting that the answer to that question is because it's very difficult okay you can sit on your own in a dark room and mm -hmm. contemplate and whatever. That's a whole different thing yeah. than being across a table at some sunnily lit brunch, you know, yeah, yeah. from somebody. Most people, it's, it's a non-question. Nobody wants the real no. answer. No. And, and yet yeah. it is a profound question yeah. and the answer is always difficult. Yeah. And yet people ask it, but they're like, yeah, but don't give me the real yeah, thing. Yeah. And this movie gives you that, that answer hard and it gets away with it because it packages it in this like eye popping movie. Like, it's, well, it's, it packages it in genre. I well, mean, that's the way, genre, but I mean, it packages it in a lush yellow forest and foggy men yeah, like and mist. these giants that are wandering around yeah, yeah, and a yeah, little yeah. cute, you know, we talked about Totoro. There's a little cute Fox that scurries around and keeps you in it. Right. Mm. Like that, that's the thing is like, you've got this kind of back to my thing of this is a dreamlike nightmare. This is a, you know, this is a really, really dark, personal introspective walk to the gallows that looks really pretty as you're walking there. 
You know, that yeah, is. They basically lined the path with flowers to the hangman's noose. Yeah, that, that's reasonable. I, here's a couple interesting things about the movie uh, and my experience of watching it is because of the assigned seating thing. Oh, yeah. Um, we were like the last just from a convoluted series of events. I was like the last person to buy a ticket. And so we were in like AA1. So you're right, you're right up against the screen oh, in the corner, oh, not boy. even in the center, wow. in the corner. But if you think about it, that movie is lensed from the ground up. Like yeah. that movie is constantly looking up the castle sequences at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, the giants you mentioned, uh, there's so many scenes where it's already at a harsh angle. Yeah, yeah. And then you sit in that place and that just, because at first I thought, oh, well, this is like totally not the ideal way to see this movie. Right, but then but, but like in a weird way, it augmented what yeah. is already going on in that movie and and that so I, i'm kind of like kind of happy with the universe dealing me that choice i've talked about this on a few podcasts it's a movie where everything has weight everything has sounds like you like there's this weird little puppet show oh, in, in, so in, the, in the first act that shows the passage of time mm. right and the time is on this wheel this wheel yeah and yeah. even like as the wheel spins past you hear like click, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah you know like yeah. that's the, like those kinds of attention to detail is the kind of thing that you don't normally like. You don't normally get it in in a movie like this that that has such an unsavory idea at its core. You know, like they don't really want to, that that kind of detail, that kind of weight, that kind of lived in world. It's usually more reserved for like Little Women. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Fair. You know, like that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of this like kind a domestic. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. This, I, I mean, you whereas know, this is an epic, like yeah. this is a, this is like Beowulf kind of like yeah. a, a big poem. Yeah, and because it's so big, like it's really, really easy to kind of like, sh like cheat some of those things, right? And not give. Well, them no, the opening ways. shot of this movie is this like, um, it's like a courtyard, and yeah. there's a drunk guy, and yeah. there's some chickens, and yeah. you're just looking at it. And what I love about it is the camera then pulls back into the inn so you're like you think you're looking at this and the camera's like nope we're yeah. in this room yeah. and that sort of give and take um in you know what you're looking at is not necessarily what you're looking at kind yeah. of thing not in a magic trick kind of way but in a cinema kind yeah. of way it's like uh there's not a lot of directors that 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 do that and and i mean i guess he plays around with that a little bit in a ghost story but not in an interesting way to me uh whereas this movie i don't even think there's it's necessarily telling the story but it's offering a tone just the same way you mentioned with the uh with with the punch and judy kind of mm -hmm. puppet show uh that they see it what i love is that you don't just see the puppet show you also see the audience it, it cuts yeah. back it's like it's almost like the film is like we're aware that you're watching. Yeah, yeah. We are aware of what we're doing here. Yeah. Like to me, when I see stuff like that, and because you you see over time, you actually see the audience context like change too, right? Yeah. The audience is like here, and then you watch a little more show, and then the audience is in a totally different, as if this show has been touring. Yeah. But just from a couple cuts, you yeah, yeah. you get that. That to me is is someone going. We are aware that we are messing with you. Like, and I feel every movie 
has that to some extent because you're storytelling, like you have to make choices, but to 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 acknowledge and still do it yeah. is kind of fun. It's, it's, kind, of, it's, it's kind of Michael Haneke yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing that um, to, to to completely take you off point or whatever, but but to to set the tone, if you are a fan of character actors mm. and oh. understanding oh. how casting yeah. matters, yes, um, when you have King Arthur right played by Sean Harris. Yeah, yeah. And Guinevere, played by Kate Dickey, you are not in for a happy movie. <laughs> like, those are like, they play terrifying, disturbing I people. Like, I was like, am I in The Witch again? Well, and then, of course, Ralph Ineason and yeah. Kate Dickey are the parents. Yeah. Very A24. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like there's, the A24 verse. Like yeah, there. totally. Yeah. But anyway, my point is just seeing that, forget about. Alicia Vikander yeah. and Dev, Dev Patel, Patel, who which are flexible and they're yeah. unquestionably talented movie stars. But like to me, a movie is told by how you cast the character actors. Mm. Hey, what's Lance Hamrickson doing in your movie? Or whatever. <laughs> like it doesn't you know, how is Steve Buscemi yeah. performing in your movie? That That's... to me tells the story. So like I don't know how familiar people are with uh, with with Sean Harris, but that is a terrifying dude. That for you is what was indicative of this movie. Not so much that like Alicia Vikander is here playing two parts. Not at all. Right. I'm like Sean Sean Harris Sean as Harris. King Arthur. Yeah. Bold choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, um, what did you make yeah. of actually of, of Vikander playing these two women? So she plays the you know the the kind of love interest to Garwin before before he leaves on this quest, this woman called Essel. The brothel um, kind of, you know, kind of, Yeah, brothel, kind of a peasant. Um, you know, her the, the her token to him as he's going on his quest is like a sleigh bell that's off. Yeah, a little bell, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. And then she shows up later as this whole other character, as the lady of this manor, married to Joel Edgerton. I mean, that, that's a weird, like, you don't have a very big cast to begin with. No, so this movie's this sparse. Person, to have this person playing two parts, like, did that throw you? Were no, you well, it, it did throw me partly because she's got kind of like the rough, dirty page boy haircut in, right. in the brothel. And then she's got all the finery and the, yeah. the perfectly manicured, uh, like, braid and everything. Yeah. Um, but it, it's perfectly in theme with the movie of, you know, what is your role? What are your choices? Because that scene with the the sleigh bell prior to the to, to to her giving the 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 you know the the lady token remember me handkerchief yeah, kind yeah. of token yeah. she's kind of asked she makes a very naked very pragmatic play to say you don't have that much obligation in court and yet you are royal right. so like there's no allegiance with Denmark or anything that you have to yeah, marry. Yeah, you yeah. could elevate me out of this brothel yeah. and bring me to a life where I don't die of dysentery. <laughs> you know, basically, <laughs> like it's a low. very, exactly. Yeah. It's a very, and he, I don't he's, need flowers. Just, he's yeah. a pretty like jerk about it. Like yeah. he, he won't answer the question, but we can tell as an audience yeah. that his body language. And then, so to meet that character at an equal station and and to offer the choice but even then he's <laughs> this dude is just uncomfortable with committing to anything yeah like this is this is basically john cusack in high fidelity like he's he's uncomfortable <laughs> he's with commitment he's been listening to his guts since he was 12 years old his gut says shits for brain yeah. Um, yeah, yeah i mean i think what i liked about that too is like you you kind of go down the road long enough and you start seeing people who you start seeing in other people yeah you, you know like, like that that's the thing is like 
it, it's th- this woman has no rhyme or reason to be in this manner. Like the, this, this prostitute that he's left behind in, in, you know, back in town has no rhyme or reason to be in this manner. And yet it like, it's like, if he squints and turns his head, that's exactly who's running this house, you know, just to show you kind of, especially back then, like how fine the line was between poverty and, and luxury, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was usually just like, who are you born into? Didn't yeah. matter how tall you were, what you looked like, you know, it certainly mattered like what skin color you were, but it was just, it was real easy for somebody who looked just like you to be at a much higher station. Yeah. And, and, and the movie goes even further than that because by casting two Indian actors, Mm -hmm. Dev Patel and his mother, Mm -hmm. um, I get the sense that like in, again, I'm not a, I'm not, T.H. White or anybody who writes at length about Arthurian legends. I did read a lot of this literature when I was growing up. I don't know how much of it I've retained, but I was always under the impression that, um, you know, all the knights of the round table were were white. Yeah. And I, what I like about this is because they were all doing their little crusade, crusading missions and whatnot. And, I, and in my mind, I was like, well, maybe um, whoever King Arthur's brother was went and just grabbed a Middle Eastern woman, brought her back, brought integrated into her court, had a child. He's fine with it. But at the same point, they're, they're not um, like everybody else. So that's kind of interesting in and of itself. And what I liked about all that was that the movie doesn't call like, like the movie doesn't call attention to it because on the one hand, it can totally be that it can, it can absolutely and totally be this, subversive way of saying you know the the crusaders they did a lot more pillaging and raping yeah well this the, is the, the sam peckinpah really element of it it wasn't romantic that. it was yeah awful or, or or it can just be you know they are like you know that we've reached this stage in movie making where oh no i disagree oh, i yeah? think it's deeply integrated because okay. i believe that um that gawain's mother is deep even though she's in a position of privilege and maybe she's not happy with how her son has turned out in terms of uh wherever he is in life but i mean she it's 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 unequivocal in the movie that she creates the the green knight game herself and like to me that's like almost like an act of subversive revenge right. against uh, the court of Camelot of her being essentially being chattel. Uh, yeah. And, and that to me is super, because I don't think she knew that Gawain would take up the challenge. No, like, yeah. you know what no, I mean? Like, yeah. so she's kind of like shit disturbing yeah. in the court. And yeah. now, cause she's the voice of the Fox later yeah. that yeah. kind of says, dude, yeah, easy. Maybe not, maybe yeah. not go there. Yeah. And, and so, I I find that interesting because I, in no other reading of any of this, uh, do they ever talk about um, anyone from the Middle East, and yeah. that was like a constant thing. I mean, it's I I think it's I think it plays both ways. Like I think it I, I think on the one hand it plays in the it's 2021. We're just going to cast who we want. Yeah, to and that's fair too. You know, but I, I don't mean, think that's true. But no, that's fair. Yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a TV show on right now where uh, I think it's Anne Boleyn is played by a woman of color. Okay, right. So so like it's it's where the the entertainment industry wants. To sure, go. that's totally fine. Possible. Yeah. You know, n- we don't know. I think it's core to the themes of these movies. This movie though. Um. Now, like staying on the Vikander train, she's got this speech. 
that I love. Yeah, the the, the core speech of the entire film. Yeah, the red. We're talking. We're talking about green and how green we and red, associate yeah. green as this color of life. Mm-hmm. You know, this color of, of of lush of of nutrition, but it's how it's also the the color of rot mm-hmm. and the color of decay. Yeah, that's it's it's beautiful to hear this speech at like and kind of like package the movie into like you know a three minute monologue and hear how she delivers it. Well, there's really only two speeches in yeah. the movie. There's Sean Harris's speech. Yeah, there's not a lot of talking his... in this movie. It's yeah, it's little... very dialogue free. Uh, but Sean Harris's speech, including the fox, um, about uh, you know I have welcomed my my nephew to the table, and like he brings him basically from the the main tables of court up to the and that's a it's a lovely speech of 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 almost a rising station and an opportunity. Yeah. And then there's, where are you in life? That is the, the red green speech. Yeah. Are, from, are you, are you the, are you, are you the grass are, that's are you, growing? Or, or are, are you, you rot? Are rotting? you mildew? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I would argue the, the beauty of this movie is that he's both in a classic hero tale. You have the potential to be either. And uh, this movie, you know, in the back half uh, really, lets you have your cake and eat it too in in the way a few it's not the only movie to do this um no no and, and so like all right in case anybody hasn't seen it, i'm going to give you a second to to tap out now yeah talk about I, that's why movie. i paused as well <laughs> so we get to the end of this movie and gowan meets the green knight and of course you know like there there was no way that he was not gonna because it's just what the whole damn thing is building up to and the movie wants you to believe for a minute that he fled wants you to believe that he could not have the blow returned that he just he went on this stupid fool's errand past giants packed out at the last minute and at the last moment he's like screw it i can't do this i'm leaving yeah which i believe a lot of people would do oh yeah (laughs) yeah And, and it and then it shows like his his life continuing it shows him ascending it shows him, you know, coming back as this conquering hero who got past the Green Knight, even though he killed the Green Knight, and presumably the Green Knight was going to kill him back, and basically taking over, and you know, like as a child, takes the throne. It's just, it's just this. It's the twenty fifth hour. If you've yeah, ever seen that yeah, movie, it, it takes it, a, like, it's a long digression. Yeah, it takes a, a very deep tangent into, and then here's what happens. Yeah, right. Only to pull it back and say, nope, I did not make that choice. Yeah, it's a last temptation of Christ situation. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> in many ways, it's a cheat. Oh, it's um, a total cheat. But but a movie about knights and chivalry cheating is amusing to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also, it allows Gawain to go out on, uh, on, on a heroic note in absentia. Because if they didn't show you that and he just accepted his fate, that would be brave and interesting but it wouldn't have the oomph that it has when you hard when you watch swallow. like if you were literally just watching i mean you are at the end of it but if without you, that sequence yeah it would be if you were just watching a guy walk to his death for an hour and a half i feel like i've seen that movie i, I feel like weirdly there is some yeah soviet union art house film sure. that i've seen yeah. but but there's I, a tarkovsky I, movie what, about that what somewhere. I, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I feel that giving it all that extra emotional weight is uh, is very powerful. Like it, it's not a cheat at all, and uh, it really does let you go. Uh, you know, wow, he 
he sees what the future will be and rejects that future because that future is awful. And most of us sleepwalk into that future. So, yeah. uh, so like, yeah. this is like a really great fantasy to be able to say, whoo, I could just tap out now. Yeah. I mean, like it's the, the funny thing is in hindsight, thinking about it playing out, I'm like, like in, in hindsight, I'm like, of course that's what that was. You know, like, no, like, it was like, not when I was watching it at all. No, no, like at the time, I I thought it yeah. was like some sort of like yeah. breakneck, and then here's what happened. Yeah, yeah, really, and we were just like spiraling towards the end, and then he would have like some sort of catharsis on his deathbed or whatever. Yeah, but now in hindsight, I'm no, like, no, no, when it pulls back, you're like, oh well, of course, right? But but yeah. not while you're watching. And meanwhile, it. that's the moment that a lot of people were in, like in my theater were just like so pissed. Oh really? That's oh, the yeah. moment, eh? That's yeah, the that yank back from the brink, that that like snap back into the moment, like. Okay, I'm ready. Again, it it does what weirdly in a roundabout way the whole movie does is that it gives him this weird opportunity to not continue to be awful. Yeah. In some ways, that's a win. It's an exercise in being duty bound, right? It's like, oh, yeah, well, well I, 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 I said that I'm a knight, and this is what a knight mm -hmm. does, mm -hmm. and I said I said it to I said it to the green guy, so off I go, you know, and like yeah, at every at every turn, like why are you doing this? Because I said I would. You know, like, like at right. every single turn, it's like, why? Because I said so, you know, and it's just this, this weird conflict. It is and, because not, there's and, nothing in the, in his life that would otherwise dictate. No, it's not victory. Why, it's yep, not, it's, yep. it's not to avenge. No, you know, it's, it's not honorable really. It's just like, why? It's like, cause I said I would. It's like a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's depressing. It is. It is. But I mean, yeah, the, the end of this, of him still being, yeah, you, you got to hit me. Cause I said you could hit me. You know, it's, 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 it, I don't know. Like that's, it's one of the coldest endings I could think of. It's beautiful and it's perfect, Yeah, but it's so cold. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to the movies for a good time, that is a, <laughs> yeah. that's a and hard Jungle ending. Jungle Cruise is sold that out. That is a hard ending. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I hear you on all those things, but again, I don't consider the movie to be its ending. Um, oh, no. despite all of the, 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 the kind of, justification we threw on the planet of the apes ending um this movie it is the journey it oh, is yes. so much the journey even that little micro like tangent near the end is is in and of itself like super interesting oh, yeah. um, and and it's quite it's kind of funny because that movie is in is done fast like yes. childbirth you know children is raised and yet I don't somehow the rebels are storming the castle. No, but there's the, weight. There's weight in oh, it. Yeah. I, I can't entirely explain how they accomplish that because it is it is its own I think because at that moment it feels as though he's finally chosen between life and rot. You yeah. Know? Like that, that's the thing, is like he got away from this certain doom and he's like, Well, I've just been given a second act. Like, how many people do you know have a near-death experience of like I, or they have a heart attack or something like that. And they're like, I'm changed, a healthy living. And I'm, I'm right. dedicated to helping people. And then like, you look at them on two years and they're exactly back where they were. Right, right, right. You know, this guy, he ran away from certain death at the hands of this monster and basically took over, right? Like right. he did not have this in him when he left. No. And he comes back and he's like, this is who I am now. So everybody yeah. just clear out of the way. It doesn't I, go well, I've but seen nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen some giants. Yeah. I've seen some talking foxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some woman jerked me off. Yeah, this is, this is what we're doing now. You know, it's 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 that it's that kind of thing right at the end where it seems to give him purpose. 
And then we snap back to, no, no, this is my purpose is to die. Yeah. Because I said I would die. Yeah. It's, 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 that's a weird thing to package into a really handsome, you know, not quite studio picture, but like major motion picture. Well, I, again, I find this movie audacious, not it checks so a lot much, of your boxes. not so much for what it is, but the fact that somehow it's positioned to like swim out into a thousand theaters. Like, yeah. the, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird to say. Oh, the release strategy is the audacious. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, because this, this movie would fa- play fine on the festival circuit. This movie oh, yeah. is built for the festival circuit. But to say we're going to throw it out into every like small multiplex, that's a whole well, different I mean, animal. Other, I mean, I think the other crazy thing is I I said this before on this show. I like that this is in theaters because if this was just on demand, I don't. I truly believe that people would tap out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that that's the Once entire, almost the entire A24 filmography, if, if you yeah. think about it. If you're I not mean, stuck in that room, you're leaving. Being stuck in that room is a privilege. I agree. I, it really is. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you don't think so, then clearly you haven't been paying attention the last 14 months. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie so much. Um, we end our reviews here on the matinee cast with a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you can take away from this movie and keep, you would. There's a shot in this movie that I love. And it's so rare in cinema. And obviously it's ripe for abuse, sure. but it's accomplished well in this movie. It's, it's, it's extremely well done in another a 24 movie called Midsummer. Um, and there, and, and it's in this small indie French movie called black. It's, I'm sure it's in a, many other movies. Yes. These are just the three examples that come to mind, but the, the camera is in this scene. It's right uh, after or before, I think it's right after he sees the giants mm-hmm. and they're on that kind of plateau of yeah. rock yeah. and the camera's kind of, it's kind of a tracking camera. And then the camera starts to rotate like you're in a plane. And then all of a sudden the, the top is up in the bottom. It's the, it's the scene in midsummer where they're entering into the Swedish kind of territory Uh, in black. It's just a, it's which is kind of like a, uh, like a diamond heist meets big trouble in little China kind of movie. And, and, and it's a woman just, with a gun entering a building and that camera does that turn. Is there a reason why you love that, that particular shot? I just, I, I, it just, it gets, I don't know. It gets me every time. So again, it's kind of a throwaway. Like it's not really overly purposeful in this movie, but I'm, I just know I'm in a good place when a director kind of attempts that. Gotcha. That shot. My, Um, my souvenir. And I mean, for all I know, it exists. I want to walk through that golden forest. You know, that, that, that forest that he's walking through when he gets close to the green chapel. Yeah. Yeah. That's mostly done with post-production, but nevertheless, well, probably, uh, but I mean, yeah. you know, we were talking before about like, what... is it, is it golden or is it urine? I, I, which is kind of the movie, right? Like which one is, is it? it? Which is one it is it? Like, which yeah. one is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think part of it is because like, you know, we were cooped inside for so long. Yeah. Part of it is because now. Like those long walks or something I identify with because that was what I did for a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of that time. And just because I want to believe that that actually does exist. Yeah. Like you see these kind of like National Geographic photos where it's like there's no post. There's no filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I, I, this I is what we did. You know? 
I want to yes. believe that that kind of. Focus. Well, that's kind of every. I, I assume it's in Ireland where the Probably. movie was shot. I, I um, maybe you're just as a good Canadian, you're just itching to get into a canoe. I, uh, <laughs> that could be. That could be with, with a box nearby. We were right here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Kurt Happier doesn't like rating, but he's gonna. Uh, what do you give this movie on a scale of one to four? I'm gonna give it a four. I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious as to, as to how well it will age on a first time viewing. It's unquestionably a four. I think we'll this, see if it. I, I think this movie's gonna age really really well i think a lot of people are going to come to it later when it does when it's not in theaters and they can see it on the they're going to hate it but it's the kind of movie that you're going to be talking about kind of like midsummer you're going to be talking about this movie again in five years and ten years and it's going to be like you remember what lowry did with the green knight and what he did with the colors and what he did with the the whole talk of rotten life and all that yeah. and then, you know what he did with that that subversive thing about casting actors of color and maybe they came back from the crusades that's the kind of thing that's going to be brought back in in like five years and 10 years i think from this movie well again it, it will play great in rep cinemas oh i'm sure right i mean yeah this is a movie that um i would argue a lot of a24 product and it's kind of funny because a24 feels like kind of a, a bit of an indie upstart studio but almost every movie i've seen by them demands a theatrical viewing yeah. it really for i mean it really does the, the crazy thing is they don't make movies but like they're they're basically just a label yeah i know right? i know they're but like, they just have done, a, a beautiful ability to yeah, pick they're, they're great curators when your yeah. movie's done come show it to us and if yeah. we like it we'll put our little mark on it yeah. and people will know what they're getting i mean by now they really should no for me this is a four-star yeah. movie too yeah. i love the hell out of this it's gonna be i'm gonna be bringing this up the, again at the end of the year totally worth the wait like sitting around a year waiting for this thing totally worth the wait wait worth the wait to see it in the theater too if this thing had to just a lot of movies just pulled the pin last year and went on demand mm. and and don't get me wrong i'm happy for that because yeah. at least it gave us something yeah but no but no, no i'm i'm happy that they said you know we we really want this in a theater so um i believe in this movie before warren people like you may hate it this the, the trailer of this movie is not indicative of what you are in for isn't it no, uh, okay. it is very splashy. It's maybe not, I have a different eye. It's not when I watch trailers. It's, it's not. It's not a really, really, you know, a highly stylized, edited, you know, hyperactive yeah. trailer. But it looks a lot more brisk than this movie. I guess. To be. Yeah. So uh, we love it. You may hate it. If you love it, let us know. Ryan at Matinee.ca, Twitter where I'm Matinee or Facebook.com/slash/TarkMatinee. What do you think of Lowry's? The Green Knight. We are going to be right back after this. We're going to talk about some more movies on the other side. Come on back. the other side it's matinee cast 267 i'm out in 905 it's episode 267 we've been talking about the green knight this is the other side the point we talk about more movies uh for the reading once you get started um what is a movie somebody could go on to after, after this i am in no way recommending this as a okay. double bill all right I'm, but i'm saying thematically gotcha. tonally right. like if you want to say these movies are of a piece gotcha. uh, and they both demand trapped in the theater okay. if that's a weird constraint Option, that, yeah. um, and that's uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's Valhalla Rising with Mads oh. Mikkelsen it is a dark 
I feel like the movie violent, and it's, that's saying something for him. It's violent, but it's also that austere. I feel like if this movie were a musical instrument, it would be a didgeridoo. Valhalla <laughs> <laughs> uh, would be a didgeridoo, or Green Knight would be both. Both are fine. Both are fine. But oh, what I'm saying boy. is, they are not crowd pleasing movies. No. But if you are in like you said, that dreamlike nightmare, that 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 somnambulant yeah. yeah. cinematic state. They're they're also very color coded, yes. and they're also very experimental, yes. narratively experimental, um, audience patience experimental. So, just in case people haven't seen this gem from two thousand nine, this is before this was the last film before uh, Drive. Uh, this is the the film that goes in between Drive and. The Pusher Trilogy. The, the the third chapter, yeah. Yep. Valhalla Rising, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Gary Lewis, uh, Gordon Brown. It's it's kind of, a, it's, it's just like this ultra-violent, hyper-stylized, brutal-ass Viking movie. Uh, which I, I seem to remember multiple people get their heads ripped off. But I mean, weirdly, that's not the movie. There, there is. It's like it's bracketed with violence, right? But in reality, it's a lot of like, we're in a boat. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're nothing's. It's hot. Okay. okay. <laughs> nothing's happening. Like there's a lot of space between the notes gotcha. in that movie. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Which is, I think, reasonably analogous yes. to all of the spaces in between the incidents in Green Knight. I would, I would have to agree. I mean, I, it's been, it's been a long time since I watched Valhalla Rising. Uh, that, that, you know, that was a movie that played at TIFF. Uh, that was, that was one of the TIFFs that I didn't go. So that's, that's part of the reason why I didn't see it. When you, I was a little bit late to winning ref and like, I didn't catch up with, mm-hmm. with him until drive. Like I didn't see Bronson when it first dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. This boy. Well, and even by his somewhat, stylized and unusual filmography this is an outlier this is oh yeah this is uh yeah, yeah. i mean that, that's the funny thing about him too is like most of his movies like it's most of his movies are modern yeah you know like that, that, that's the crazy thing is like let's take this guy who like seems to like live and breathe highly stylized especially urban lately, yeah urban settings and like let's throw him back in time and yeah. see what he gets and i mean this movie is sparse right but it also has that ultra widescreen okay. kind of right. feel to it. It's know. epic. It's yeah. it's an epic poem. Yeah. Beware, people! But uh, it's a movie. It's 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 certainly not forgettable. Well, in in a perfect world, again, some rep cinema would play it. Eight people would go, but those eight people would be in for something. Oh yeah, they go to the bar afterwards <laughs> and have a great time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, well, my I mean, my first one is a really, really, really easy pull, and I'm actually going to be controversial because I'm not going to take. The, the the kind of uh, more uh, highbrow choice. Um, one of the easy associations with the Green Knight is the ring. The same way that the Green Knight is like, all right, now you're dead in a year. The the ring. Oh, I never never would have thought the that. Ring but has I, the videotape. Yep. It's like, and now you're dead in a week. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Now you're gonna die. But I'm going with the 2002 American Gore Verbinski. Naomi Watts starring really really stylish version of the ring I'm not going with Ringu because again it's really handsome like Ringu is grimy Ringu is very well it's also weirdly pragmatic like there's oh yeah Ringu is a 
it's a procedural for most of the movie. Yeah, there's some opening horror, and then there's obviously the videotape, and then there's the final, everybody knows that crazy final yeah. sequence, which is kind of like what makes that movie because that sequence is unforgettable. Yeah. But the stuff it's a two hour long movie and there's a lot of procedural stuff yeah, in there. But I mean, but that is very it's very, very clinical. Like it's yep. not flashy, it's not do it's not really trying to like stylize anything. Yeah, but Verbinski breathes cinematic oh, yeah. images oh, all day. Yeah. Like a lot of his movies are terrible, but man, do they look good. I'm a fan. So I I I, I, I he's in, never my, boring. in my perfect you world, know? there's elements of the American ring and elements of the Japanese ring that if somehow you could naturally fuse them together, there's a perfect movie you can, like, in make there. A ring but, but but exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean there's so the in the original ring the final sequence is the sequence, but in the Verbinski, the invented sequence of where a horse just goes out of control on yeah. a boat. Oh, yeah. That sequence is so <laughs> terrifyingly yeah. cinematic. Yeah. It is. It's, it haunts me f- yeah. forever. Like, I mean, and like, I mean, I think that's why you've I, earned your stripes just yeah, by putting that scene. I think in that's it. why I think that they, yeah. they marry up is, is there is, there is a lot of, weird little digressions and tangents in green Knight that do not need to exist. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And, yeah. And, and yet they do. Well, and, cause and they add, I guess the word you're looking for is like portentous. Yeah. Like the, if something alarmingly yeah. disturbing happens, yeah. that's going to get you uh, your backup. Yeah. Yep. Same thing about the, the, the remake of the ring. Like, yep. You know, it does not need to be as big as it is, it does not need to be as flashy as it is. Like that movie spends a lot of time out in the in the Washington wilderness. wilderness. Yep. You know, like that is a movie that is again designed to be played on the yep. screen. Um, not really all that good, but not bad. Um, and I think that they would make a great little double feature of you know now you did this and now you're in. The well, show. they got that hook. That's an that's an interesting. Uh, like I never would have put that together right. myself, but now that you say it, it seems. Uh, reasonably obvious, like uh, that's that's uh, my pleasure. You said you have a book as well. Is that, I have is a book, that? and uh, the book is beautifully tied in because tonally it's very very similar. I, I wonder if David Lowry, when when he was writing this movie, um, if he was reading this book. It's not even that old. It, uh, it's um, uh, Kazuo Ishiguro's uh, The Buried Giant, um, oh, which is like it's yeah. like. Arthurian, Arthurian. I mean, Gawain is a character in the book, but it's also this misty, sleepy, almost like amnesiac. Uh, like it is very down tempo. That book. Um, right. I mean, it's classic Ishiguro. If you've ever read his books, like you're never the the main characters don't know what's going on. He's kind of you don't know what's going place. on, but maybe sometimes you're ahead of the characters. Yeah, yeah. In the book, yeah. Like Never Let Me Go, or yeah. you you know what's going on in Never Let Me Go long before the characters. Right. And Never yeah. Let Me Go, yeah, yeah. I know what's going on. Uh, and I, I like that balance, and that's clearly his thing. But this one, because it again, it's uh, um, it's 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 not sci-fi. It's not modern. It's mm-hmm. set in Arthur, Arthurian times. And uh, um, yeah, the, the book is like this old village couple that thinks uh, they should visit their son. And, and, and but they don't remember what village he lives in and they're old. And uh, what, what I think it has the most common in with uh, with the Green Knight is the spaces between civilization. Like mm. in, in the Green Knight, there's like the occasional castle or manor or yeah, country farmhouse. Yeah. And then 
nothing yeah. in between. Yeah, and far, I mean, how far is the Green Chapel? It's a day's walk. Nothing yeah. in between. Yeah. And and I, I feel the the situation that this elderly couple is in 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 the buried giant is like they kind of vaguely know the direction, but they don't know how far away it is. They, 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 they don't, they don't even know when the last time they've seen their son. It's, it's very, it's a very strange experience. And, yeah. and I feel because Gawain and, in, 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 he has a purpose, but it's not like a, like you said, it's not like his, you know, like his dog died in John Wick or, or he had to, you know, take revenge because someone was, kidnapped or it's not even the usual damsel in distress of what yeah, yeah. usually kicks off the old knight in shining armor thing and, and yeah it's it's i highly recommend the book it, it but it, it's also like the movie it's going to alienate a lot even ishiguro fans i think i had I, some trouble with yeah, this novel i mean i remember reading it and and having having trouble with that like i don't know what i expected that book to be but that was not it yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree, but I like when someone gives me something oh, yeah, that yeah, I that, that's like, aggressively like, had no idea I wanted. I, yeah, I, I, I like to be surprised. Yep. You know, that's that's that, that's that's the thing is I usually like nowadays I can look at the packaging, I can look yeah, at the, yeah. the, the people involved, and form at least a, a vague idea of what I'm getting sure. into. So, so anytime it's what I love about TIFF because I go into TIFF actually knowing less and less and less each time. I'm at the point where I'm not even reading synopsis. Were you just dartboarding? I'm, I'm, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's the picture? Who did it? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, so it's good a way why not? Yep. Right. Like, you know, so much about so much of your content these days. Like, it's based on something that's based on something. Yeah. yeah. You know, the characters, you know, as soon as they're cast, you know who's going to show up. Why not be surprised? Right. For better or for worse, why not be surprised? Um, his most recent book, too, Claire and the Sun. Which I've not read. Oh, I've like, read most of his books. I, but, I enjoyed uh, the heck out of yep. it. It's, it's, got, it's got some, some, some thematic links okay uh, you know what and actually I, I might i think i still have my copy of the berry giant I'll, yeah it I'll might be a, uh it might another, be worth giving a go i think again these types of stories the green knight included the second watch will oh, not yeah. be nearly the no slow walk no that the no. first watch is uh, yeah. because you'll kind of like yeah. i don't need to worry about the plot plot it's, i can uh, i can yeah it's hang it's, out in the space it's the monkeys in 2001 Everybody yeah. I know when they watch 2001 says, oh, my God. I that goes like on forever. And then, yeah, like, you know, I think Matt Brown was the first person who ever said it to me. They're like, after the second time I saw this movie, I was really struck at how succinct how, how, the yeah. monkeys are. Yeah. 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 It's, it's that. Yeah. Because you don't know the yeah. first time. Yeah. And, and people, you know, you can get into this argument about spoilers. You can get in this argument about going in pure and everything else. But. I don't know. It's a very organic thing. I, the, I There's a whole subgenre of movies that I that I only truly truly love mm -hmm. on the fifth viewing. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Clearly, I liked it enough to go back. Yeah, yeah. Four times. Oh, yeah. no, but you, you're like, yeah, but you haven't really. You don't have the tool set yeah. to watch this yeah. movie until and and you know and people put such priority on the on the on the pristine, but I'm like. I don't know. Having the vocabulary to watch something is important. I mean, it's it's funny too because I also think that that works both ways. Like, there's movies where I know what's going to happen, so I'm while everybody else in the room is focusing on what is happening, I'm focusing on how it's happening. Yeah, uh, I, I call that the Moneyball effect. Um, but that's a, that's just me. My other side again. I, I I'm I'm sorry, people. I'm not trying that hard today. It's it's just I'm going for easy easy associations. 
Um, another movie from 2002, uh, this one, a Chinese movie by Zhang Yimou. I went with Hero. Okay. You know, um, once again, you've got, like, I mean, there's, there are tons of Chinese films that are colorful and lush mm -hmm. and would just make a, a, a beautiful visual pairing mm -hmm. with this movie. But what I loved is that the way the Green Knight moves from station to station and the color palette changes like he goes to one and it's white goes to one and it's yellow he goes to one and it's green we don't get a whole lot of red in this movie i love that hero you get it in the posters you do but um <laughs> i was so confused because i like i skipped past this movie trying to get tickets like so many times because i was not looking for a red poster you know, I'm like, I'm like, it's called the Green Knight. Why is it ever red poster? Well, yeah, and um, there's no primary colors in no, the movie. No, uh, <laughs> but um, Zhang Yimou's uh, hero with Jet Li, Tony Long, Maggie Chung. I mean, Zhang Ziyi. You know, Avengers Assemble. For, well, it's for weird. A cast. I, I have a complicated relationship with that movie because really? I feel that is the beginning of the ugly wolf warrior ultra Chinese nationalism in cinema. I mean, yeah. for years, Zhang Amu made these like almost politically subversive movies. And that was the movies like, I am establishment now. I will do your bidding. I'm not going to knock the, I love that movie. Yeah. And I'm not going to knock the artistry and whatever. But I feel like if you had to pick an artistic turning point in China as a superpower, Hero is it. Even though they do the Wolf Warrior thing, like they literally call their diplomacy after this crazy Rambo movie that was right. made a few years ago. It taps into, at least from my Western perspective, some interestingly nationalist Chinese mores that still plays globally. It still yeah. plays yeah. like as a spectacle globally, yeah. but it it's saying like almost like a dog whistle-y kind of things. Okay. Okay. Um, I know very... Uh, little beyond you know co-workers and friends that are that are from China so like I am no expert yeah. but I, I I feel there's a there, there are frequencies of that movie make no mistake the Green Knight is is almost doing the opposite it's mm. like undercutting Western mythology I mean I think so that might be why it makes an interesting pair yeah well, it's like there are two movies that are stylistically you know painting from the same box but at but, opposite purpose yeah yeah. yeah. Nope. Don't disagree there. Yeah. That's, uh... And that's, you know, both movies that are very big, both movies that are very, very lush. Um, you know, the one is, one is about a journey out another is about the journey that comes in. I mean, also it's been an age and a half since I've seen this. I gotta be entirely, well, and I own it. Uh, there's, it has been a long time since I've sat down to this movie. Well, that was a hard movie to see when it was new. Like it took a long time. It took like two years. Before it made it, because there was some weird thing yeah. with Miramax yeah. where, but they eventually finally, but I mean, it was like, if, if you had like, cause I, I live in Mississauga, I have access to Chinese video stores. Yep. Like you wouldn't believe, like yeah. I could get anything you want on video CD at the time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I saw it in, in the, in that, like when it played in China, I saw it, right. but then it felt like years later and it got a, a lot of money behind it. Oh, yeah. It got an Oscar nomination yeah. years after the fact. Yeah, two and, years uh, later. That, that and, uh, you know, a Quentin Tarantino presents yeah. kind of title yeah. card. And that movie had an kind of like Snowpiercer in South Korea. It had an interesting, uh, an interesting journey. And I mean, and um, that's that, I, sometimes that's part of it too. Like that, that's kind of one of the things with these A24 movies is, they kind of just linger under the radar for a while. And then a few years later, everybody's talking about, you know, spring breakers or everybody's talking about 
bling ring or one of those, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the, that's the kind of thing is that they wait for you to come to them, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, but uh, kudos to them for like easing that path. Like, yeah. they, I mean, the Green Knight had a two-year journey to the screen because of COVID, not because of distributor woes, no. right? But but it weirdly did have the same level as Hero in the West. It it did have the same delay, but for um, totally different reasons. Yeah. Um, interesting. No, I, I I think this you know this movie lends itself to a lot of things. On top, like it, it's funny, like we didn't even do like a, a like a common actor, and th- and that's the thing is that while the cast of the Green Knight is small, you could have a lot of fun going off in tangents of the cast like you know we didn't even really talk about who's the kid who plays the barry uh, keegan that <laughs> the, yeah the weasel you know well he's i mean uh, another a24 movie where he nails it and he's acting against colin farrell and nicole kidman yeah. is uh the killing of a sacred yeah. deer which and is you know he we have we have a very long conversation yep. about that. That if people want to listen to us talk about killing the sacred deer, there will be a link in the yes, show notes. Yes, yes, we did, we did do that. Watch anything else. And and uh, and then of course he's the 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 poor kid, unfortunate kid that uh, uh, meets his end in Dunkirk. Um, and then he's the sharp, street hustling kind of the character he plays here in seventy uh, one, which was the, uh, mm. the 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 troubles, yeah. um, Irish. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, there, from there's a, few... a movie where the cast is like gone on and oh yeah, everyone. It, it, when that movie came out, people were like vaguely aware of these people, and now they're all yeah, um, now they're all um, stars. They're they're all wonderful. They're all but I, but I will direct anybody uh, who liked the weird inverted Camelot yeah. uh, of this to go and watch Ridley Scott's Prometheus. Where both Kate Dickey oh and Sean Harris, oh my God. instead of playing weirdly not effective royals, they play weirdly not effective corporate scientists. Um, and yeah, I would just like to point out that Prometheus came up in this conversation, and I did not bring it up because ordinarily it I'm come the guy. Up all the time, it I'm the guy. I mean, the there's a copy staring right. Yeah, at I know. Me. That is how I know. There's a place I, of honor yeah, on yeah. the shelf, uh, usually, but. I'm the guy, when I bring that up, usually the table clears. The yeah. Like, oh, he's doing it again. Me and you and Matt Brown. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's, it. Yeah, that's all that's left. And Matt Brown was the one who talked about <laughs> it on this show. So, yeah, yeah. but anyway, the um, the fact that they're both in that movie yeah. is kind of like Beauty. super interesting to Love me. Uh, even though they never have a scene together. No. Um, no. But uh, yeah, the, the, no, the casting is serendipitous is maybe the wrong it's word. It's it, just... it feels, it feels intentional but maybe not i just i I, I like movies that don't necessarily need to hang themselves on an a-lister you know for like both both male and female it's like i'm getting tired of watching white boys named chris oh yeah you know you know what i'm saying like it's like there are so many more interesting actors out there that they turn up on a tv show and all of a sudden everybody's losing their minds over you know bill camp as a for instance. Right. You know, and everybody's like, hold, look what Bill Camp can do. Or right now, uh, everybody's kind of finally coming around to the Gene Smart train. Because, okay. Because she was in two TV shows uh, on HBO in short order. And people, and I'm, you know, I always be like, are you just now waking up to how awesome Gene Smart is and right. everything she does? Right. Same thing. Kim Dickey, I, every time she shows up, man, does she nail what she's there for. Yeah. And know? I mean, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, but you can go all the way back to the Andrea Arnold uh, picture, uh, Red 
Road, Red Road where yeah. she's the lead. Yeah. Like, usually it takes a while for, like, a Philip Seymour Hoffman or a Steve Buscemi to break out of the... Yeah. But no, way early, like, at the beginning of her career, yeah. no, she's the lead. Yeah. And it's a complicated, very disturbing... Um, Amazing movie. Uh, performance yeah. in, in, in a pretty astounding... Uh, yeah, a pretty yeah. astounding movie. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yep. That is episode 267 of the Matinee Cast. I'm so thankful. I was going to say I'm thankful for Kurt to come by. I'm no, you came to you. me. I love I'm, it. I love I'm it. happy. I got fed. <laughs> it's great. Um, come on back Monday, August 23rd for episode 268. We're going to close out this season of the show and talk about Annette, the new musical by Leo Carax uh, with music by Sparks. Um, Kurt is still writing. Where can people find your stuff if they want to read? You can find me over at Screen Anarchy. I'll be covering Fantasia and oh, yes. TIFF, and TIFF as, yeah, of course. as we move through the year. But I can tell you, I love your Instagram stuff on the books. Like you read a lot. And this pandemic for me has not been a cinema like me doing comfort movies or like, what do you do on your sick day yeah, kind yeah. of movies? Yeah. Nope. I have been reading all my spare time has been books and with no rhyme no reason yeah high low to the side fiction nonfiction, it's whatever my, um, my I'm, I'm, poetry it's been that's been my I, uh my, my serve, pandemic it's, it was my contribution yep. you know people people couldn't leave i was like here's something you can read yeah you know? so there we go if people want to are you on twitter these days you, you're kind of do not like the tweeter all right um, um, so much for that you can basically see endless amounts of food and alcohol photos and occasionally including a picture of my children, tonight. including our meal from tonight, on uh, on my which is Triflick at uh, on the Instagram. Include, so like, you can do that. My That's... site is thematinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can find them all in the old familiar places: Google, Spotify, Podcast, Apple, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, and some new places: TuneIn, Radio Public, Castbox, and Podchaser. Everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Uh, again, if you happen to be enamored with a platform that I have not named, let me know. I'll put my show there. It's real easy. Feedback on the Green Knight can be left in the comment section of the site. Email, I am Ryan at matinee.ca. On Twitter, I am also matinee underscore ca. And there's always Facebook, facebook.com slash darkmatinee. Any final thoughts, Mr. Hacker? Uh, it's just a pleasure to be able to come on and do this thing with you that we've been doing both. You used to sub in for me oh, back yeah. when we used to do the, the, the show. Uh, so we often didn't like encounter unless it was on your show. And the fact when you read, went through that list, it's like, wow, that is. Uh, it's like this is your so, life. This is well, it's it's. Or at least it's this, like a, this a is ten years. A series of intense conversations. Oh yeah. That that we've had um, over a fairly wide gamut of movies. We haven't um, disagreed on one yet. I think we disagreed on Hail Caesar. Um, it, it was, was like, a soft disagreement. Yeah, yeah um, that's the thing. Like, I, we haven't come in, which I've like, only grown to love more. Yeah, yeah. In no, the we, ensuing we, years, yeah, we haven't. <laughs> one of these days it'll happen. I'll, we'll come in on something that I hate, you love, or vice versa, and, and that, that show will go on for like that. Days. That'd be a strange show. I, for me, it's just a pleasure to come and and uh, and hang out for a couple hours and uh, and just do this thing. Yeah, I appreciate it. For Kurt, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee. Cheers. Cheers.